0: I was always very modest, really didn't think of myself as being particularly smart or unusual. I just thought I was more interested in certain topics than other people, but that sometimes I find a technical subject just becomes absolutely fascinating to me. I can't think about anything else. When you learn a new computer technology, you can immediately put it to work by writing the software and be able to do things you couldn't do before. That I'm amazingly productive during these times. I can write amount of software programs that would take a normal person months and months to write, and I can just do it in a few days because I'm so excited and driven and obsessed about it. It's always been something unique that I've had that was a lot of what has made me decide to work with computers because that is what I have done throughout my career. The
1: innovators. The innovators. The rule breakers. The rule breakers. The misfits. The misfits. Not the status quo, status quo. This is, is, this is, this is, this is. Thriller everybody. Welcome to our fourth episode of Filler Lightning. I've been really surprised with how the reception has gone for this new show. A lot of people seem to like it, and I appreciate every single one of you. This week, I had the opportunity to interview Oscar Mary of Fountain App. He is somebody that I've been wanting to book on the show for a while now. Unfortunately, he lives across the pond, I would, would much rather prefer <laughs> flying over to where he's at and uh, having a you know one-on-one conversation with him. you know. But it unfortunately this is just kind of the circumstances we're in. But I will say it's going to be a much shorter episode than usual. So there's that, and there's not going to be an extended version of this episode because we're kind of under time constraints. But I will say this. He is probably one of the most passionate people that I've had a chance to talk to about podcasting. He's probably more passionate about podcasting than even somebody like me who makes podcasts. I I just want to say the fact that Fountain has so much, you know, care and attention to detail and just simplicity built into the app. I understand why now after talking to Oscar. He's truly somebody who cares about integrating Lightning into podcasting. Enjoy the show.
2: I think that the entrenched podcast apps, the big ones, Apple, Spotify, you know, Amazon are getting in the game now as well. They're going to try and launch the same features that podcasting 2.0 are putting forward. At the end of the day, those features are only going to exist within those single apps. And so there's going to be no communication between the apps and between the listeners. Whereas with podcasting 2.0, because everything's done through the RSS feed and because everything is done through Lightning, if we do things correctly, we have the ability to build features that exist cross app.
1: Or, um tell me how you grew
2: up man yeah so i grew up in london in the uk um northeast london in a place called hackney um and yeah i guess i grew up as just a pretty normal kid in london you know lots of football um that was yeah the mo- the probably the thing i spent the most time doing as a kid but yeah pretty normal upbringing really here in the uk
1: that's cool. Did you, uh, did you go to school there your whole life, or did you uh, travel out for college or anything like that, or university?
2: Yeah, so um, university, I studied at the University of Sheffield, which is uh, in Sheffield in the north of England. Um, studied aerospace engineering there, um, so that's where I guess I got my first introduction to technology, um, but a lot more varied than the the software development that i do now so yeah but it was a brilliant experience sheffield's an amazing place everyone there is so friendly engineering always appealed to me because it's the you know it's the application of science and and knowledge um but it's the, it's the more practical side as opposed to the theoretical side and that was something i always enjoyed and then with aerospace specifically i just i guess i thought it was cool but also it's a good mixture of the different engineering disciplines so for example we would study mechanical engineering material science software development um you know electronics and everything in between because you need all of those pieces um in the aerospace industry so i it appealed to me because of the the variability in what you'd learn um and yeah it was a really fascinating degree so yeah it was very interesting.
1: Was it pretty rigorous? Like the, the the amount of study that it took to.
2: Yeah, it was pretty full on. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't too bad. Um, Um, but it was, yeah, it was more full on than some of the other courses that you do, but it wasn't too bad.
1: What did you end up doing right after that?
2: No, so I actually didn't. Um, I was kind of at the end of my degree, I was becoming more and more drawn to, you know, the internet and, um, you know, consumer technology. And also I, I went down more of the software development path in, in the degree. So, for example, my um, final year, what I was looking into was the how we could control drones autonomously using computer vision. So I was always going down the software development route um, as opposed to the more mechanical side. And, yeah, was just fascinated with with internet technology, basically, and how like the, the effect of the code that you write could impact, you know, um, you know, millions of people around the world. I found that fascinating. So I didn't go into aerospace and, um, instead went down. Um, I actually ended up doing some, some consulting. That was my first job at university. And then eventually, um, after a couple of years doing that, got introduced to, the Amazon Echo and the Amazon Alexa technology when it first arrived and, um, uh, set up a digital agency and a studio building apps for Amazon Alexa and did that for about five years. Um, and yeah, that was, uh, before, right before fountain. So yeah, more left didn't go into aerospace engineering, but I've always been fascinated about it and still, you know, follow the industry quite a bit.
1: That's pretty fascinating. So was it, was it something specific about what Amazon was doing or Alexa that, that kind of?
2: Yeah, I think the first time you um, realize that you can program a digital assistant to have a conversation with you about any topic, it's pretty mind-blowing in terms of it makes you realize, realize oh, that's how far um, you know, AI technology has come. Um, I think it didn't necessarily live up to its potential because like inherently the accuracy is still not hundred percent and all it takes with the voice technology is one mistake and it, it really frustrates the user. So I think it's not quite there, but yeah, also audio. I mean, I've been a fan of podcasts for a long, long time. And I think there's something really magical about um, acquiring information, acquiring insight, knowledge, wisdom, Um, through audio as opposed to through text or um, yeah, I think it's the best medium to learn. I mean, in London, uh, working in London, uh, the commutes are are pretty bad, especially in the winter when you can't really cycle. So, you know, you're talking an hour bus journey into the office in the morning and then, you know, sometimes more than that on, on the way back. And I think that's where I just started listening to podcasts and just thought, wow, this is incredible. You know, you can what used to be a wasted hour suddenly becomes um, one of the best parts of the day where you have like an intimate connection with someone uh, in a completely different um, space.
1: So tell us how you got into, into Bitcoin. What's your story down the rabbit hole?
2: Yeah, so I did actually get in very early, but completely by accident. Um I had a friend that um, was really into it and was, you know, telling us all at the time, this was probably in, I can't remember whether it was 2013 or 14, but he was saying, you know, this is this is going to change everything and didn't really pay much attention to it or take the time to study it. But I n- knew that he was a smart guy. So I was like, okay, cool. Let me just, you know, Get, get some uh, and see what happens. And then I forgot about it for a few years' time um, until probably about 2016. And obviously then the price had gone up and I was like, oh my God, um, you know, I have done pretty well here. And then started to pay a bit close attention to it and then really started, you know, I think I when I read the Bitcoin standard, that was a big moment for me where I was like, okay, um, it puts it into historical context and yeah, a few other things that I read at that time and obviously podcasts as well, you know, um, listening to more and more podcasts about, um, the technology behind it. Um, and so I think from like 2017, 2016, 2017, that was when I kind of like doubled down on it, I guess. And then, um, I guess the when I saw the Lightning Network um, maturing as well, it added a whole new aspect to Bitcoin for me that was like, okay, this actually can fulfill everything that was that was promised um, in the white paper. So yeah, that's kind of my uh, high level story with Bitcoin.
1: Hey, that's awesome. Got in early. <laughs> That's amazing.
2: Yeah, got very got very lucky with that. Um, How, how's your friend lucky. doing?
1: Is your friend still? He's still in it, or is he still doing well?
2: Yeah, he's yeah, he's still doing well.
1: That's good. It's always good to hear Bitcoiners who got in early tell their friends, and then they get in. That's like the best. Those are the best kind of Bitcoin stories I love.
2: Yeah. Well,
1: it, sh- it shows
2: that you know. I think it shows when people. Even your friends, when people tell you things that they're into, it's very easy to not listen or not pay attention, Um, and it could be with anything, but uh, it just shows, yeah, like uh, pay attention to to what people are telling you and, you know, follow it up and be curious about things because the more curious you are, um, the more likely you are to stumble on something that um, has a really, positive effect on your life.
1: this aha moment, right, with with lightning, and then I'm, I'm assuming you just kind of you jumped in, kind of head first, right, with lightning. Was did you just kind of go right into building a fountain, or, or was it something that you were like, okay, cool, I'm gonna do something in lightning, but I don't know where to start? Or did you already have an idea for a podcasting app because you were so kind of in tune with like you know traveling every morning and listening to podcasts, and you're just like. I look at all the podcast app and they all suck because <laughs> most of them do. Uh, like personally, I, I feel like a lot of them suck. And I, I look at yours and I'm like, this is amazing. Where Where was your thought process with all of that? Tell me.
2: Yeah, so it, it's actually the latter, and um, the the audio and the podcast side of Fountain came much before the the lightning integration. So the way it started was. Um, myself and my business partner, Nick, you know, we wanted to do something in the audio space. And we had this problem that we were very focused on, which is there's so much incredible content that's locked away in podcasts. You know, there's so much insight. There's so much wisdom. And the way you consume podcasts is really limited and really structured so i'll give you a few examples like one example that we kept thinking of was if somebody recommends a podcast episode to you they're actually asking a lot of you because they're asking you to go and take an hour plus out of your day to go and you know spend time listening to that episode and actually all they're really trying to do is is share an insight with you. So we were very much focused on how can we make it easier for these amazing insights that exist within podcasts to be shared and discovered. Um, and that's where the clipping aspect of Fountain came from. Another example of why we thought there was a problem here is the back catalogs of podcasts. So, you know, think of your favorite podcast. You may have only started listening to it, Uh, A few years ago, there's probably hundreds of episodes that from the back catalogue that you've never even listened to. You know, there's probably incredible insight locked up there. And it's like, how do you you, you're never going to have time to go back and listen to all the episodes. But what if somebody, a friend of yours or, you know, someone else had like picked out the best bits from the back catalogue and you could kind of like go and revisit to catch up or like check out what you might have missed find a good episode from the back catalog so those two i guess problems with discovering great audio content from podcasts was where we actually started with fountain and so when we first built the app it was just the clipping mechanism and and that's still a massive part of it but then I guess, at the same time as doing that, you know, I was always, you know, very interested in Bitcoin, but more from the monetary uh, value as opposed to, you know, um, the programmable nature of it. And when I should, it was just at the same time as doing that, I was just like, oh my God, wait, we can now have fully programmable um, money with the Lightning Network and we can suddenly do micropayments. And also what... um, Adam Curry and Dave Jones were doing with podcast index was basically allowing us to do this in a way that, uh, was decentralized. So it wouldn't have to be siloed into one platform or one app. Um, which is another massive challenge that, um, the podcasting space has faced. So yeah, it was, it was kind of at that moment that we realized, oh my God, this is a no brainer. We have to add this and and make it a big part and for podcasters as well. It was just something that they were really excited about. So yeah, long long way of answering your question there. But yeah, we started with the problem of how do we unlock the insight that's locked away in podcasts? How do we make it easier to share, to curate, uh, to save and, and return to? Um, and then, yeah, when we saw how Lightning was developed, was developing, we were like, yeah, no brainer. We've got to add that and make it much easier for podcasters and, and listeners.
1: So I'm, I've been having conversations with Lightning developers here in Austin, and I keep hearing the same thing going on now, where they 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 have this problem, and Lightning's the only thing that can actually fix it, and it it it's not even a, a it's not even a, a question. It's not even like let's a, a, there's probably a better like no no. It's just like no. This is what we're doing.
2: It's just so flexible for, for what we need, really. I think that's a, a big part of it. And also, we're not trying to create something from scratch. You know, we have, we're have we building in a community of people that all want to see Bitcoin and Lightning succeed. And so, you know, they're w- more willing to, you know, jump over some of the UX challenges that exist. And, and they do exist right now, especially for... Um, listeners that maybe are less familiar with Lightning. That's where we really want to get to actually is people using Fountain, supporting podcasts without even knowing that they're using Bitcoin or Lightning. Like that would be, I think, um yeah, the the goal for us. But obviously, yeah, it's all powered by Lightning underneath.
1: I, th- I think uh one of the things that that kinda took me by surprise initially when I saw Fountain was just that was Here's this podcasting app. First off, it's probably one of the most beautiful podcasting apps, just like in the app store, in my opinion. Cause there's a lot of them, dude. Like, and they all are they all look terrible in my opinion. And even Apple's own podcasting app, right? Uh, so it's it's not like I'm just, you know, kind of just showering you with, with like <laughs> praise. It's the truth. Like it's a truth. You put them side by side by side. Fountain to me clearly is a better looking app, right? Okay, and so that's one, right, for Fountain. And then and then if you look just strictly at, like what you said, with Lightning built in, you clearly do that. So that incentivizes podcasters to want sh- to wanna promote it, right? They should want to promote it. <laughs> they should be telling their users to use Fountain, right, or some other podcasting 2.0 app specifically. And then the other thing I think that you did exceptionally well and i am seeing a few other apps, not too many, because there, there is not many at all, but a few other apps where they're, they're walking this tightrope, where they're integrating like the seamless transition, like you said, where they don't even realize they're on Lightning. And uh, I think you did that pretty well, where you can take an average podcast listener and they could be using the app and not even realize that they stumbled into Bitcoin. Right, that's a pretty exceptional feature. I think that Fountain provides that few have really touched on in this space, especially in this early.
2: Yeah, well, thank you so much for the kind words, Carl. I really appreciate that. And yeah, obviously, we've put a lot of thought into the app's design, but I, I still see it as very early version and there's so much we need to do with it to, to improve the user experience and also just add all of the features that you'd expect from, from a podcast player and we're working hard to do that we've got loads more features coming on the listening side but yeah definitely I think once we can get to a place where a brand new listener that hears about Fountain from their favorite podcast can download the app top up their wallet and support a podcaster without even knowing anything about Bitcoin or Lightning—that is when we'll seriously um, start seeing some some explosion in in new people onboarded to Bitcoin, which is really really exciting.
1: Yeah, and and like the uh, like the boost when you when you implemented Boost, I think you were like the first one, I think, or maybe one of the first. I don't know if you were the first one or.
2: Yeah, I think, I think we were the first one, the first app that was live on the App Store um because we were, we were a bit nervous that Apple would reject us because oh, of their wow. in-app purchase Why is that rules for? Well Apple have quite strict rules around um, um, transactions within mobile apps. they kind of enforce that you have to use Apple's in-app purchase mechanism. Um, and so we were we were concerned that Apple would say no, you can't have these lightning payments because you're enabling, um, you could view it as you're enabling a user of an app to pay for digital content um, with a payment system that's not Apple's in-app purchases. Luckily we were fine and they didn't reject us because we also have a premium subscription in the app that uses Apple's in-app purchases. And that was kind of tactically, we did that to try and placate Apple. Luckily, now, since the the big court case that's been going on with Apple and Epic, Apple have actually loosened their restrictions a little bit and are, are more flexible around not using their system. So we're yeah we're in a much stronger place. But we were a bit we were very nervous on that first submission that we weren't going to get through.
1: I didn't even know that was a thing. Wow, that's interesting, Oscar. That's fascinating. So so you you're, you were you guys were actually nervous that they would. Uh the app once you integrated boost
2: yeah well we um yeah we did we have yeah we it was the first version i think yeah the first version had the lightning payments in so it wasn't even on the app stores and we were worried that they would just outright say no you can't do this if you want to enable listeners to pay podcasters you have to use some kind of in-app purchase obviously we would have pushed back on that because uh, it's incredibly um, unfair. But we had heard horror stories of, um, if not flat-out rejections, it would have been, you know, weeks and months of delays. So we uh, we were glad to see that go through.
1: Wow. And, and so I, I saw that you guys had the in-app purchase. I just thought that was kind of like convenient. You know, I didn't know that you guys were, you know, tactically kind of doing that for Apple, but you kind of turned a... Uh... You kind of turned a, a, a negative into a positive, I think, right? Because now you, you you make it easy for no coiners to implement uh, lightning purchases.
2: Exactly, exactly.
1: Yeah, because I even tested that feature out too. I was like, well, let's see what it, let's see what it does. And yeah, it works pretty flawlessly too. So do you find any of the back end with the lightning channels or lightning wallets and how the, how that functions? Is that do you find any of that kind of hard to manage or anything like that?
2: Yeah, so we're we're actually for our for our wallets in Fountain, we're actually using an external service, um, which basically uh, takes a lot of way, a lot of that away. Um, so yeah, that that definitely helps because you know as I say, like our job with Fountain is not to manage the Lightning infrastructure and and all of that stuff. Our job is to create an amazing podcast user experience, and it just so happens that. With the Lightning Network, we can be even more creative with our features for podcast listeners. But yeah, we we're so luckily we because we're using an external service, it, it helps a lot on that side.
1: That's awesome. And then so one other question I kind of had was around the social aspect of it. And I think you kinda I, we kind of talked about this last week when we talked briefly. I think you kind of touched on something that I don't know if you're aware of this untapped like gold mine you might have here. <laughs> I don't even know if you want to talk about it on the podcast or not. But like no, had, I'm happy I'm happy yeah. to talk about so it. Yeah. I had, so I had mentioned this to you last week and I was like, "Oscar, do you realize you potentially have a podcasting social network on your hands right here with Fountain? What do you what do you think about that?"
2: Yeah, well, it's definitely intentional on our side, you know, because part of like, the problem that I talked about earlier, like that's definitely something we're really focused on and um It's still very early and the features we have, the social features we have are very simple in Fountain at the moment. Um, So you will just, if you follow somebody on Fountain and they create a clip, you'll see that in your feed. Um, And yeah, even though it's very early, it is very interesting because what you get is a window into someone else's podcast listening, which right now you don't really get like even your, you know, closest um, friends family colleagues you might not know what podcast they're listening to and it's it's been quite fun because um if I give the example of everybody has their core interests that they listen to podcasts on you know I'm sure a lot of listeners here uh, their podcast app will be filled with a lot of bitcoin podcasts like me um but you know, your friends, family, and colleagues might be interested in in different things, and even though you're not going to be interested enough to subscribe to that podcast or you know listen every week for an hour, that doesn't mean you're not going to get value from hearing the best clip um, from one of the episodes or like the the best clip in a month. You know, it still can be fascinating for you, um, and so. Yeah, that's the idea behind the social clipping. Is you do get that window into people's um, uh, listening habits, and also you can share those moments as well. So, for example, you know you're listening to a really uh, in-depth podcast about Bitcoin, um, which maybe friends or family that are, are not really into it are never going to, you know, jump in there because it's too complex. But if you can create a clip of like a really succinct moment where they just you know, sum, sum something up um, incredibly well, you can create that clip, you can share it with them on Fountain and we also have an export feature where you can turn any clip into a video to share on social media. So that way, that way you don't have to be on Fountain to take advantage of the clips. You can share them as videos on Twitter. You can share them in you know telegram and you can share them anywhere basically so yeah we are definitely working to um expand the social features but it's still quite early uh with it
1: yeah i just when when you uh when i saw all that stuff i just foresee like i don't know if it's a social feed i mean i don't know what it looks like but i can just see like like all the bitcoin twitter and like i can just see like everybody's profile and then kind of like scrolling down and like seeing what they're listening to in real time and then like commenting on it or like like saying like oh you're listening to this same crappy podcast again or like something like that or like even like even not even or maybe just like seeing what the clips they're posting or even them just kind of commenting on it and then as, as you kind of scroll down more You kind of have like discoverability built in and likes and hearts or whatever like that. But I could see this whole podcasting kind of social network built around Fountain inside the app where you could spend your whole day just like listening to clips on the social feed. Or you could just jump into podcasts and like listen to podcasts instead. And I think something like that, if it was created like. How does like how, how does Apple compete? like how does Spotify compete? Like how do these they don't, They don't compete at that point because everybody is in this like ecosystem listening to podcasts on Fountain. To me, it just, to me, it just seems like, yeah, that's inevitable. And I hope you created it on screen.
2: <laughs> yeah, me too, me too.
1: How's, how's everything else going as far as the app and how how the reception is going? Because I know I know I know for me personally, once I have posted that on Thriller Bitcoin, I feel like that's like it just keeps being like this big traffic traffic driver. And the only re- like we don't we don't track any analytics or anything like that. I mean, we're we do Cloudflare, but it's all like non-invasive, and it's like driving traffic. So. I see it on my side, so I want to know how's it going on your side as far as like reception for Fountain.
2: Yeah, it's going it's going really well. I would say it's still early for us. I think the biggest thing we've learned is that whilst everybody that um, hears about and comes to understand the value for value model and you know, streaming sats to your favorite podcasts and boosting them, sending them a message. Once people hear and understand that they love the idea. I think what we've learned is that um, for people that love podcasts, they have, you know, a very specific way that they listen to podcasts. And that comes with a very specific set of features that listeners will come to expect. And I think we need to do an even better job of making sure we have all of those features. So, you know, things like um, supporting serialized podcasts. So changing the way they display in the app, uh, if it's a serialized one. So you can start from like, start from the end, if you see what I mean. And what else? Things like um, custom show lists so that, you know, you can segregate your feed a little bit into different, um, uh, you know, content types or different podcasts um chapters was a big thing people were requesting which we actually released in the last update uh, which is a great new tool for podcasters that allows you to add more richness to the the podcast and add things like links and and custom images for different chapters um so yeah there's a whole bunch of features that we need to add just to make the listening experience even better for people um and then also on the podcaster side um You know, there's a lot of podcasts out there that are receiving sats, but they're not really getting much data from that. You know, they're not necessarily seeing um, in a great way, okay, which episode um, got the most sats, what timestamp in the episode did the best, you know, who's supporting me the most over time. Those kind of things are just going to, I think, drive podcasters to make the uh, value for value model more, more of their show. So, you know, we've seen some podcasts do things like, um, you know, a boostergram corner where at the end of the episode, they'll read out all of the messages and kind of answer questions and things like that. So, yeah, I think all of that, we need to still work harder and just make it easier for people to, um, to get involved really and get set up.
1: Yeah, I guess, I guess those are kind of missing in there, huh? I've overlooked yeah. those, right? Yeah. And the average podcaster who is just, you know, he's like I'm looking for these things and they don't meet them and you know, yeah, so I guess you would have to have those before they would even consider it. Interesting. They're just being nitpicky. Oscar. Don't
2: let to put you down. We're we're getting there though. We're getting there. Yeah. We you know, I would say in yeah, in a couple of months we'll have we'll have all of them. So Yeah, cuz um, uh, what,
1: what do they want? They just want like to be able to slow down you know stuff like that and then like a little small yeah concert. we yeah we've got
2: that we've got that already but um yeah
1: dude I think I think you're just I think you're doing an amazing job I think you and your team are doing an amazing job like do you have a regular job that you do during the day and then you do fountain at night or like how, how does all that kind of come together I know for me like I was doing you know thriller for so long and then like I just took the plunge and did it full time now like how how is how are you managing that I know it's a
2: always hard yeah so yeah so i am doing it full time um awesome yeah congratulations yeah it's great um i'm loving it i think one thing that might be useful for anyone listening that wants to um learn more about the value for value model um which i think separate to um bitcoin and lightning is is fascinating it's like you know it's a new way of doing things where you um you give the value that you've received as opposed to some kind of fixed price. Um, there's a great new podcast, um, called value for value, um, by Kyron down from the Mere mortals podcast. So I definitely recommend that for people that want to, uh, go and understand more about how value for value works and how the connection between the podcast host and the listener can be, um, you know, brought together. Uh, that's one thing. Thing I definitely recommend checking out. Is it on your? Did you make
1: a clip of it? I think I'm following. Uh, it yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So everybody, just go to Fountain and follow Oscar, and then he'll have a clip of it on his feed.
2: Where are you receiving your Sats to? You have your own node, and
1: right now I had my own node, and then I just recently switched over to just using the was it the uh, streaming through Telegram.
2: Satoshi stream.
1: Yeah, bot thing. And I found yeah, I find it. that to be the easiest. Because mm. I tried doing it through the node, but for whatever reason I couldn't get it working. Kind of embarrassing. And you just need to get like a lightning developer to fix it for me. Um, uh, but uh yeah.
2: Okay, nice. So you're seeing, yeah, you see the messages and you see the episode information yeah, and stuff
1: like yeah, that. Yeah, I, yeah, like you get you see the boosts and stuff like that. It's it's a very like it's a very, like, comforted feeling. Like, I'm not going to lie. There's sometimes where I'm, like, might be feeling down or whatever, and you just get a boost or, like, you get some sets. You're like, well, I feel appreciated. Because <laughs> mm, mm. you, you know what it's like. You work really hard for something, and uh, a lot of the time you just don't feel like it's being valued or whatever. Yeah,
2: Exactly, yeah. We, we've heard that so much. And, you know, I think one thing that's amazing as well is the listener gets the same feeling. Because the listener feels like they can, as soon as in the moment where they've just heard something that's like really amazing to them or really valuable, really insightful, they're able to thank the podcaster, and they know that that podcaster is going to see the message because it's attached to uh, an actual payment. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's adding an additional layer to podcasting where yeah, the podcaster. Um, gets the boost, sees the value that they're providing, and the listener is able to like give feedback and, and share their appreciation.
1: Do you guys? Do you guys work? Did you guys have to work with uh, the? I guess the podcasting two group, or to kind of get all that working together? Do you guys reach out to them all the time about support? And stuff yeah. Like so that? we
2: yeah we talk to them all the time, and yeah, a big shout out to Adam and Dave from Podcast Index because without them. Uh, I'm not sure any of this would, would have happened, you know. So they're, they're doing amazing things. And um, obviously they, they will get a, a split of, the, uh, of any podcast that's using Podcaster Wallet through their index. So that's great. Um, I think one thing that's interesting that's coming as well is episode level splits. So I'm not sure if you've heard about this, but what it will allow you to do is change the splits on the value block for different episodes. So let's say on one episode, you are interviewing um, someone from a charity or a nonprofit. For that specific episode, you can change the Lightning address to to their node and then Anyone that listens to that episode in the future who boosts you or streams stats you, it will go there. But then once you go back to your regular scheduling, it will go back to your node. And so, so suddenly this gives incredible creativity because you can say at the end of the episode, hey guys, if you love this episode and you love the story of, you know, this person who's doing amazing work, hit the boost button right now because it's all going to go to them. Um, so yeah, that's something that's coming. We're really excited about getting that live. Um, but it just shows the flexibility that we have with lightning because, um, yeah, I mean, we can do whatever we want, so it's great. Where
1: where, where do you think this is going Oscar? Like, where do you think it's, it's, it's heading towards?
2: I think that the entrenched podcast apps, the big ones, Apple, Spotify, and you know, Amazon are getting in the game now as well. I think they're going to try and launch the same features that podcasting 2.0 are putting forward. But at the end of the day, those features are only going to exist within those single apps. Um, and so there's going to be no communication between the apps and between the listeners. Whereas with podcasting 2.0, because everything's done through the RSS feed and because everything is done through Lightning, if we do things correctly, we have the ability to build features that exist cross-app. So, you know, one example that, you know, we're kind of like working through is the idea of cross-app comments on podcasts. So this, this idea is that not only will you be able to see comments from people on fountain but also be able to see people that have commented on a different app but everything's synced up together and i think that inherently will if we can get it right and we can get it working and we can figure out how to you know um make everything work i think that's going to have a big advantage over the entrenched players and and obviously you know that podcasting is a is a massive space and it's growing massively as well so yeah i'm really excited
1: There potentially could be podcasting 2.0 could potentially have its own instead of instead of you know Fountain building its own social network. Podcasting 2.0 could potentially building could build its own social network. The applications like Fountain would just support it. Is that kind of how you see everything going? I guess.
2: Yeah, exactly. I think it's it's a um, strange uh, phenomenon because. At the same time, all of the new podcast apps, all of the podcasting 2.0 apps are competing against each other, but at the same time, we're all competing as a whole against the entrenched players, Apple and Spotify. Um, So yeah, it's an interesting dynamic, but I definitely think if we can get some of those cross-app features working, there'll be uh, a huge advantage there.